MSW Media. Big shout out today to Helix Sleep. Take their two-minute sleep quiz and they'll match it to a mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans and use code HELIXPARTNER20. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Monday, January 15th, 2024. Today, the Texas National Guard physically barred federal agents from rendering aid to a mother and her two children who drowned in the Rio Grande. The U.S. and U.K. carry out strikes against Iran-backed Houthis in Yemen. The E. Jean Carroll case is set to begin in New York tomorrow. Voters brave sub-zero temperatures to participate in the Iowa caucus today. Biden announces another wave of student debt cancellations. And Taiwan defies China by electing a liberal president. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Hey, Dana. Happy Monday. How are you? How was your weekend? I am great. Weekend was chill. Um, I have nothing to complain about, which is fabulous. You had a rock star evening. What was it, Saturday night? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It was so fun. And big thanks to Glenn Kirshner and his Justice Matters crew for putting on this event in uh, Tribeca. We got to hang out, uh, hear some speeches by Lawrence O'Donnell, Robert De Niro, um, Tim Heafy was there, who was, you know, one of the prosecutors in the January 6th committee, Maya Wiley. I mean, so many incredible people. Sergeant Gannell uh, was there. And he, you know, I heard uh, someone named Allison Gill was there, which I'm uh, sure everyone else was really excited about. <laughs> I was there. I got to hang out with Ellie Mistal. He's always a blast. It That's was awesome. just so much fun. So big thanks to Glenn Kirshner for that incredible evening. Uh, Stephen Van Sant, I got to meet him. Um, we got to talk about all the cool headscarves that he gave Jamie Raskin Love it. when he was going through chemo. Just a cool, incredible group of people, justice warriors, you know, talking about how we need to um, protect democracy and hold hold bad guys accountable. It was really so much fun. So thanks to Glenn Kirshner. He'll be speaking at our event uh, on April 20th in D.C. for our patrons. So if you want to sign up to become a, a patron so that you can get an invite to that, the invites go out January 20th at noon Pacific. You can sign up at patreon.com slash Muller, she wrote. Um, the E. Jean trial, E. Jean 1 starts tomorrow. Uh, Judge Kaplan has refused to delay the trial. You know, Trump has made several attempts to delay it, but will let Trump testify if he chooses to do so on Monday, the 22nd, in case he wants to go to Melania's mother's funeral. We'll cover this more on this week's cleanup on all 45. And uh, Iowa caucuses today, and it's like negative 900 degrees. It's freezing. Yeah, well, I, no jokes about hell froze over because Iowa's a good place, but the Republicans are right where they belong. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they're going to have to go out and brave this uh, extremely cold weather. Trump's leading the GOP uh, field with like 48%. I think Nikki Haley has like 20%. Oof. But half of Haley's voters said they would vote for Biden if Trump is the nominee. So Stop I don't know. It. That's kind I don't of amazing. Know. I don't know how many of these are just Dems who are showing up to the Iowa caucus, but we'll see. Good question. And um, the principal uh, injured in an Iowa school shooting has died. Principal oh. Marburger tried to stop the 17-year-old who uh, shot that sixth grader before turning the gun on himself. This man is a hero. 
um, thoughts go out to his family. Of course, we have to do something, Congress, uh, but may his memory be a blessing. Absolutely. All right, everybody, we have a lot of news to get to. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right, Dana, this story is unbelievable, and it's not getting the coverage that I think it deserves. This is from Dennis Romero at NBC. A woman and two children drowned in the Rio Grande on Friday in Eagle Pass, Texas, after U.S. border agents were prevented, physically barred, from responding, according to federal officials. In a statement, a Department of Homeland Security spokesperson said U.S. Border Patrol agents were made aware of the migrants' distress by the Mexican government, but were unable to enter the area from the United States side after Texas National Guard troops, under the direction of Governor Greg Abbott, prevented them physically from doing so. It's so fucked up. In responding to a distress call from the Mexican government, Border Patrol agents were physically barred by Texas officials from entering the area, according to the spokesperson. The deaths were highlighted Saturday by U.S. Rep. Henry uh, Cuellar, I believe that's how you pronounce his name. I'm sorry if not. He's a Democrat from Texas who said the deceased were part of a group of six migrants in the river Friday night who were in distress. Mexican authorities recovered the bodies of three of the migrants Saturday. Identities and exact ages were unavailable. Quote, Border Patrol attempted to contact the Texas Military Department, the Texas National Guard, and DPS command post by telephone to relay the information, but were unsuccessful. Cuellar went on to say, Border Patrol agents then made physical contact with the Texas Military Department and the Texas National Guard at the Shelby Park entrance gate and verbally relayed the information. However, Texas Military Department soldiers stated they would not grant access to the migrants, even in the event of an emergency, and that they would send a soldier to investigate the situation. In its own statement, the Texas Military Department disputed that narrative, saying its personnel were made aware of a distress report but could find no migrants needing help in the river, and later were made aware of an incident nearby on the Mexican side of the river that did not require their help. The department said it had been in touch with Border Patrol on Friday night, And the agency said Mexican authorities did not need the Texas department's help. Now, the mayor of Eagle Pass, Rolando Salinas Jr., said during a news conference Thursday he received a phone call the previous day from the Texas Department of Public Safety informing him the state was taking emergency custody of Shelby Park, which lies along the river and is in the area where the three migrants were in distress. Salinas said a Texas military department official confirmed the takeover, the takeover, and the department directs the Texas National Guard. The move came amid ongoing court battles between the Department of Homeland Security and Texas over access to the border in Eagle Pass, which DHS says is cordoned off by concertina wire erected by the state. A lower court in December ruled in favor of Texas and barred federal agents from removing the barriers. The latest U.S. Supreme Court filing by the Department of Homeland Security this week renews its request to prevent the state from blocking federal agents from the area. And I would like, I think President Biden should federalize the Texas National Guard, the Texas Guard. Yeah. He can do that and order them to to stand down or face prosecution under the Uniform Code of Military Justice. We've only, we've only federalized the Guard in 16 instances, one of them famously being... Um, mobilizing the National Guard uh, for school segregation after Brown v. Board of Education. So wow. we'll see what happens here. But that this is unbelievable that they physically stopped people from saving people's lives. Yeah. All right, AG, thank you so much. This one's from Janice Mackey at NBC. Voters in Taiwan elected Vice President Lai Ching-tai as their next president on Saturday, defying warnings from Beijing not to support a candidate 
It is called a separatist and a, quote, troublemaker. Hmm. Well, the election, which China has described as a choice between war and peace, could test recent efforts by Beijing and Washington to repair relations that in recent years have fallen to their lowest point in decades. The status of Taiwan, one of the strongest democracies in Asia, is among the most sensitive issues between the two superpowers, and focus will now turn to any potential show of force from Beijing in response. Now, China claims Taiwan as its own territory. It has not ruled out the use of force against the island, while the U.S. is Taiwan's most important international backer. The majority of Taiwan's 23 million people, by the way, they're in favor of maintaining the status quo, neither formally declaring independence nor becoming part of China. Lai's victory extends the eight-year rule of the Democratic Progressive Party, which is the DPP there. And that party is considered the least friendly to Beijing. Well, relations between Taiwan and China have deteriorated under President Tsai Ing-wen, who was first elected in 2016 and is limited to two terms. So voters in Taiwan, especially younger ones, were concerned not just with China policy, but with economic issues such as unemployment, housing costs, income inequality. This is the first time in Taiwan's almost 30 years as a democracy that the same political party has won three consecutive terms. But the DPP, they lost control of the legislature, which experts say could constrain lies policy options. We know how that works here, even in the United States when someone's elected, but you know, the Senate's on the other side. Now, at a news conference after his victory on Saturday, Lai said he would continue foreign affairs and national defense in line with Tsai's policy. China cut off direct dialogue with Taiwan after she was elected in 2016 and has rebuffed offers of talks with Lai as well. Now, Lai is 64, who is going to take office for four years starting May 20th, says he hopes that China will, and I quote, understand that only peace will benefit both sides of, sh- of the strait. In addition, global peace and stability depends on peace in the Taiwan Strait. We hope that China understands the situation because China also has a responsibility. Mm, yep, absolutely. Congratulations um, to the to the Liberal Party over there. Next up, the U.S. and U.K. militaries launched strikes against Houthi targets in Houthi-controlled areas of Yemen on Thursday, marking a significant response after the Biden administration and its allies warned that the Iran-backed militant groups would bear the consequences of its attacks on commercial shipping in the Red Sea. U.S. President Joe Biden said he ordered the strikes, quote, in direct response to unprecedented Houthi attacks against international maritime vessels in the Red Sea. Quote, today at my direction, U.S. military forces, together with the United Kingdom and with the support of Australia, Bahrain, Canada, and the Netherlands, successfully conducted strikes against a number of targets in Yemen used by Houthi rebels to endanger freedom of navigation in one of the world's most vital waterways. That's what the president said in a statement released by the White House. Biden added, quote, he will not hesitate to direct further measures to protect our people and the free flow of international commerce as necessary. British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak said on Friday the strikes were an act of self-defense, adding that the aim was to de-escalate tensions and restore stability to the region. U.S. Air Force's Central Commander Lieutenant General Alex Grinkowicz, I believe is how you say that, initially said U.S. and coalition forces struck over 60 targets with more than 100 precision-guided munitions at 16 Iranian-backed Houthi militant locations. The Houthi assets included command and control nodes, munitions, um, depots, launching systems, production facilities, and air defense radar systems. On Friday afternoon, Director of the Joint Staff, Lieutenant General Douglas Sims II, 
said another 12 locations were hit on Thursday after a, quote, near-immediate decision following the initial strikes. The strikes have been condemned by several leaders across the Middle East. It killed five and wounded six others, according to the rebels' military spokesperson, who said the airstrikes would not deter further Houthi attacks on shipping. The U.S. and U.K. strikes are a sign of growing international alarm over the threat to one of the world's most critical waterways. For weeks, the U.S. had sought to avoid direct strikes on Yemen because of the risk of escalation in the region, already simmering with tensions as the Israel-Hamas war continues. But the ongoing Houthi attacks on international shipping compelled the coalition to act. Though the U.S. has carried out strikes against Iranian proxies in Iraq and Syria since the outbreak of the war in Gaza, this marks the first known strike against the Houthis in Yemen. The strikes were from fighter jets and Tomahawk missiles. More than a dozen Houthi targets were fired on by missiles fired from the air, surface, and sub-platforms and were chosen for their ability to degrade the Houthis' continued attacks on vessels in the Red Sea. A senior U.S. military official told reporters Thursday evening that he could not provide an exact percentage of Houthi assets that were destroyed in the strikes, but that it was significant. And he added the precision-guided munitions were used to destroy the targets and also minimize collateral damage. Quote, we were absolutely not targeting civilian population centers. We we're going after very specific capabilities in very specific locations with precision munitions. Now, the Houthi attacks on the Red Sea shipping on Tuesday marked the final straw that culminated in Biden giving the green light for the U.S. to move forward with the Thursday strikes. Uh, an important aspect of Blinken's trip to the Middle East, by the way, was to tell regional leaders that if U.S. takes military action against the Houthis, it should be seen as defensive and not escalatory. U.S. strikes in Yemen are not unprecedented, by the way. According to the Council on Foreign Relations, the U.S. has conducted nearly 400 airstrikes in Yemen since 2002. There have been at least 27 Houthi attacks since November 19th. Uh, as the U.S. and its allies have been navigating the Houthis' ongoing attacks, there have also been at least 131 attacks on U.S. and coalition forces in Iraq and Syria since October 17th, leading to several strikes on facilities linked to Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps and other proxy forces. Thank you so much, A.G. This one's from Zoe Richards at NBC and more good news for people that have student loan debt. Mm -hmm. President Joe Biden announced Friday that federal student loan debt will be wiped out for certain borrowers who took out relatively small loans and have been repaying them for the past decade. Now, borrowers who received less than $12,000 in federal loans and have been paying off their balances for at least 10 years, they're going to get their remaining student debt canceled immediately. In February, that's from Biden. Isn't that crazy, though? Less than 12000 and it's set up in a way that over 10 years, <laughs> you still cannot get those paid off. Interest now, rates are ridiculous. It's crazy. He said the move comes, and I quote, nearly six months ahead of schedule, and that it applies to borrowers enrolled in the new income-driven repayment plan known as SAVE, which administration officials touted in recent months as a way to help lower their monthly payments. Now, while 30 million people are eligible for the SAVE plan, Biden said Friday that 6.9 million are currently enrolled. It was not immediately clear how borrowers would be affected by the cancellation effort. And Biden said this action will particularly help community college borrowers, low-income borrowers, and those struggling to repay their loans. Well, many borrowers began repaying federal loans, student loans, specifically in October, after a pause of more than three years. We know that during covid and the Supreme Court last year rejected Biden's pandemic-era debt relief plan, which aimed to raise up to $20,000 in student loan debt for about 43 million borrowers. In a statement, the president highlighted efforts by the administration to pursue an alternative path 
that he said had already canceled student debt for 3.6 million people. Friday's announcement follows similar actions in recent months to reduce student loan debt. And shortly after loan repayments restarted in October AG, Biden approved $9 billion in student loan debt forgiveness for 125,000 people. You might be part of that and several of our listeners, including 53,000 beneficiaries of the Public Service Loan Forgiveness Program. Later that month, the Education Department released a proposal that it said would target providing debt relief to four categories of borrowers, including those with outstanding federal federal student loan balances exceeding the amounts they initially borrowed. And we covered that before. People are paying off their loans. Interest is so high that they actually owe more than they did when they took out the loan. It's, it's insanity. And this is so great what Biden it is. is doing because, you know, he, he said, I'll just do 20000 for everybody. Bingo, bingo. Supreme Court Republicans said, no, that's not fair. And so Biden got together with a bunch of lawyers in the Department of Education and said, under current laws, I want to cancel as many student debt, uh, student loans as possible. Yeah, and they found a way to do it. I want to cancel as m- many as possible. And so they're going group by group, law by law, you know, exception by exception to see. Uh, I mean, basically what I think he's doing is he's trying to forgive everybody's student loan debt and trying to find ways to do that within within the laws. And so this, when they say this is six months ahead of schedule, they, that's because they thought they had six months more of research to do probably before they could figure out whether they could legally cancel these loans. And now they, they got the green light. So they're doing it. And he's going to keep doing this, I think, until he can cancel as, as much student debt as possible uh, as a big F you to the Supreme Court and Republicans. And I love I it. I love it. So if you have a story about your debt getting canceled, write it. No, write to us. We want to submit it for the good news. And you can do that at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. All right. We'll be right back with the good news after this quick message. Everybody stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG. As you know, I used to have a hard time sleeping. It was a combination of anxiety, the orange man in the White House, but also I was sleeping on a mattress made for somebody else. And that's until I found Helix Sleep. And uh, that changed everything for me. Now my sleep is much better than ever. It's it, This is the best mattress I've ever had, head and shoulders, like no contest. Just go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans. You take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. And you'll get 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows. Now, exploring the entire mattress market for my best options was overwhelming until I found Helix's customized solution. Their quick sleep quiz accurately paired me with the Helix Midnight. As you know, I like a medium firm bed and I sleep on my side. And they have a range of 20 different mattresses, including the Premium, Lux, and Elite uh, collections. And Helix caters for all sleeping styles and preferences. They have thoughtfully designed options for every sleeper out there, from little kids to big and tall sleepers. Everybody's covered. The arrival and setup of my mattress by Helix was impressively smooth, hassle-free. From the very first night, the mattress had just exceptional quality. It was undeniable. The best mattress ever. And my mattress struck a perfect balance between support and comfort. Like, I can't say enough good things about them. Completely transformed my entire sleep experience. They have a 100-night free trial in home and or a 10 or 15-year warranty, depending on the model. So my confidence in my choice uh, at Helix was a no-brainer. Now Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for listeners. Just go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans. Use code HELIXPARTNER20. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Hi, I'm Liz Winstead. I'm Moji Alawode L. 
And we're the hosts of Feminist Buzzkills, the only weekly podcast dedicated to keeping you informed while making you laugh as we all navigate this post-Roe v. Wade hellscape. The Supreme Court has declared that all of our uteri are just Airbnbs for the seat of the patriarchy. So every week we break down all the garbage news from that sketchy intersection of abortion and misogyny with the abortion providers and activists we need to be hearing from right now. Plus, we talk to your favorite comedians. Because face it, if your revolution doesn't have laughter, you're doing it wrong. Feminist Buzzkills drops Fridays wherever you get your podcasts. Listen, subscribe, join us on Patreon. Because when BS is popping, we pop off. Hey, everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Good news. And if you have good news, confessions, corrections, you want to play whatever is the animal, I, you know, how many different, what the, what's the model of the oxalotl is still my, my favorite right now. It'll change as time goes on. If you want to send <laughs> us a story. I'll say something just a little more brilliant and you'll be like, that's my new favorite. Yeah, it will. Every time you just, you up yourself, you, you <laughs> out of yourself. Every, like at, at least say you top yourself. Every, and I was like, easy, this is personal. <laughs> take it easy. Take it easy. That's right. If you have a student debt forgiveness story you want to tell us, uh, if you have misheard song lyrics or a shout out to a loved one or a shout out to yourself or a small business in your area or your small business. If you don't have pod pet tax to pay, you can send an adoptable pet in your area and we'll see if we can get that little guy or little girl adopted out. Um, anything at all you want to send us, uh, dissertation and thesis titles. Uh, what else? I mean, we any seriously, like anything, frog orgies, baby pictures, send it to us, dailybeanspod.com. It's good news. Anything good, anything you feel joyful about, send it in. Please, please. Uh, that's dailybeanspod.com. Click on contact. All right. First up, I have anonymous. It just says she. Grew up in Rhode Island, and I'm so very sensitive when I hear uh, cities in Rhode Island mispronounced, butchered, usually names with Native American roots or sometimes names transplanted from Great Britain, like the one in Friday's episode. The second W in Warwick is not pronounced. Think Warwick. Ditto for East Greenwich, pronounced East Greenwich. As kids, that was part of our not from here test. <laughs> so <laughs> Warwick. Okay. So I'm used to like, I. the only other time I've seen that word is when it's behind the name Dion. Right. So that's, you know, so I, I do apologize. Warwick and of course Greenwich. Love your program. As pet tags, here are our two adopted fur babies, brother and sister, Joey and Monica. <laughs> 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 Official nanotag names, Colonel Carrot and Lieutenant Lettuce. In the catio that my husband designed and built for them and on their cat tree. Look at the babies. So good. <gasps> Hello, sweetie. It's a nice condo. It's a nice cat condo. That's really nice. Yeah. All right. This one's from Dennis, pronounce he and him. Hello, Dana and AG. Thank you so much for the tireless work you do. I have been putting this off for too long, but I'm including pictures of my handsome boy, Squinton Tarantino. <laughs> he was the run of the litter from a barn cat. He was so tiny and he developed an infection that stunted the growth in his left eye. He lives a charmed life now, constantly spoiled and always ready for a cuddle. 
P.S. If you would like to see more of my cat children, I have heart melting pictures of our second fur baby, Beatrix Caddo. Uh, <laughs> she and Squinton are besties and they take the cutest couple's photos. Yes, Dennis, we, of course, we want to see the cute couple. I am. I I sense a theme. I think we have a Quentin Tarantino fan here. Look at the baby Quentin Tarantino. I absolutely love it. And I love tuxies. Thank you for that. Yeah. And send in, send in the other photo for reals. I want to see the couple's picture. Absolutely. All right. I am going to grab the next two because this one's pretty short. Aaron pronouns they and them. Very cool way to spell your name, Aaron. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. Seriously. I may be a bit late to the game here, but I had an idea for a collective term for guess the animal. Pod pet taxonomy. Huh. <laughs> I will also throw in my master's thesis title for good measure. Gold nanoparticle uptake in synchronized cell populations and the effect on radiation sensitization. Well, yeah. As, as one, yeah as That's one incredible. It's a very smart human. Thanks for all your amazing work. Now I have to go look up gold nanoparticle uptake and synchronized cell populations and the effect that they have on radiation sensitization. That's incredible. Pod pet taxonomy. If we want to get super dark, we can do pod pet taxidermy and see if anyone kept their animal. Let's not do that. I'm kidding. Don't send anything. I mean, I'm sure some, some one of our listeners has had to taxidermy like a dog or a cat and been like, I'm just keeping it forever. When Probably. I was in elementary school, uh, we had a third grade teacher. Mr. Prentice, who was just really the nicest guy, but he literally would taxidermy birds in his classroom. So like there was a center, like, I guess you would call it like a kitchen island and you'd walk in and there was like all this taxidermy shit, which is weird because it wasn't a class. It was literally a third grade class. And somehow he got away with this in elementary school. And the only reason I can say his name is I think he's passed away uh, now. So it's not like I can get him in trouble in school. He was one of the coolest guys though. And sometime during my career, when I first started comedy, I guess he had listened to a show or seen, you know, a, a podcast or something and sent me a message. Elementary school teacher. Anyway, that's what the taxidermy reminded me of. Great story. I'll tell it again later if you can't sleep. Okay. Our next <laughs> submission is from Sigrid. Pronoun she and her. Hi, Frijoli friends. I'm excited that I finally remembered to become a Patreon Mem- Patreon. Why do I do that? Because that's what it's called, but a patron member uh, looking forward to having even more beans in my life. Here's a couple of misheard song lyrics, which my mother was notorious for coming up with. One of the best was the line in Glenn Campbell's Rhinestone Cowboy. So instead of singing, getting cards and letters from people I don't even know and offers coming over the phone, that's the line. She thought it was, and waffles coming over the phone. <laughs> yep. Although 50 years later, man, I'm old. That is still what my sister, brother, and I sing loudly whenever we hear that song. <laughs> I love that you carry on the tradition. This strict Southern woman who didn't even allow us to say the word fart was also convinced that Salt and Peppa were singing Pussy Good instead of push it good. (laughs) Believe me, as a teenager, you don't want your Southern mother to say, honey, why are they singing pussy good while you're trapped in a car with her? She's been gone about six years now, but boy, she was a character. Ah, pussy, pussy good. Okay. For pod pet tax, I'm giving you, sorry, my two beautiful, but extremely hairy dogs for what the mutt, uh, the big black and gray one is Georgie. She's 108 pounds and a beautiful girl. The little one is my 12-year-old rescue, Cleo, who we call Tweety. Now, I don't know her mix, so I'd love to hear what you guys think, which means we're going to be right. Do you know what Georgie is, though? 
Now, God, this first dog is Cocker Spaniel, pounds. and I'm going to say Golden Retriever mix, but maybe also Black Lab. 108 pounds, though. Oh, then maybe there's also a... Like a Pyrenees or something in there? Yeah. Is there such thing as a Black Pyrenees? Because there's... Huh. Well, the Black Pyrenees is the Newfoundland. Oh, okay. So maybe got we it. got a Newfie, a Golden Newf. A Golden Newf. <laughs> um, maybe. But look at this. Cocker. A Golden Newf Cocker. <laughs> a Golden Newf Cocker. That sounds yeah, like... That's, that sounds like a weird job to have. Oh, my God. Uh, and then, let's see. What is oh. Tweety? Look, okay, we got it right on Georgie, though. Half Golden Retriever and half Newfie and a fourth Aussie. Oh, my God. Check <laughs> us out. I know. Well, we didn't get Cocker. That's actually Australian Shepherd, which I should have guessed with all the little spots on the beautiful face. Yeah, with the blue. Now, the other dog thing. is just bearded, Wilford Brimley. <laughs> <laughs> bearded Terrier mix. Yeah, that's it. It's a bearded Terrier mix. <laughs> God loves a Terrier. Awesome. Yeah. Beautiful dogs. Wow, what a cool mixture of like a 108-pound golden retriever that that looks like a Aussie coat. So much hair. There's so much hair coming off that dog. (sighs) Definitely. All right, next up from Emily. No pronouns given. Hi, Beans. I found you by listening to Politics Girl, who I've watched for years now. I love starting my day listening to Daily Beans and love when you catch the giggles. Quotes, slow motion Walter, the fire engine guy. (laughs) 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 It's... From a Bare Naked Ladies song off their Maroon album. The song is called Tonight is the Night I Fell Asleep at the Wheel. Great song, great band. Oh my God. Seriously? Smoke on the water, fire in the sky. A misheard lyric is actually a Bare Naked Ladies song. That's incredible. I also have to say I love Fugle Sang Fridays. He sounds just like Alan Alda. And having grown up watching MASH, it's comforting. (laughs) You're right. He does sound like Alan Alda. Oh my God. I don't have pets now. I lost my 17-year-old on September in 2021 and my five-year-old November of 2021. It's been a rough time. Lots of grief attached to pics of my boys. The orange is Simba Mufasa. The black one, my shadow and constant companion is Oz, Ozzy Bruce. Oh, Hi, baby kittens. I'm sorry you lost them. I miss my kitties too. All right, you uh, so we'll take this sweet. last one yeah, here, my friend. I was just looking at the baby. All right, this one's from Trish Pronoun She and Her. Hi, Beanie Babies. I call you that even though AG is turning 50 soon. <laughs> now that I'm 70, how the hell did that happen? Everyone else seems like a baby. I was finally inspired to write in after one of your good news segments the other day when another older gal said us childless older ladies are badasses. Mm-hmm. Now, I've been listening for about nine months, and you bring a smile to my face as I do my daily four-mile walk. Good for you. I can usually be caught laughing or out loud, but Saturday last week while listening to the refried beans episode, dildo anyone? I was literally crying <laughs> as I walked because I realized that I had been miss- what I had been missing over the years. You are now my primary source of news. I've given up so many others. So thank you both for bringing laughter to this crazy world. No pod pet tax for me as I lost my last dog over 12 years ago. And I swore I would never go through that loss of pet again. So instead I dog sit for free for friends who need someone to stay in their home. I have seven dogs that I care for, but one house also has three lizards and I have to feed worms or some powdered concoction to and four snakes I've also included a picture of Smokey, a horse from the San Diego Therapeutic Sportsmanship, where they work with military folks with PTSD and children with special needs. That's awesome. 
Our Rotary Club donated $5,000 to take care of Smokey's Care for one year. Now, for more info about that wonderful nonprofit, just visit SD Therahorse. Okay, SD Therahorse. And thanks for all you do and for your continuing to make this badass laugh. I'll look at you. First of all, you're lovely. You look amazing, <laughs> 70 years old, but look at that snake skin. Yeah, that doesn't creeps. freak me out at all. Gives me the creeps a little bit. Beautiful and that horse. horse is gorgeous. What the heck, wine? That's a roan. I'm going to have to check them out. I, I haven't heard of this organization, and they're right in my backyard. Yeah, and I would that. love to know more and see what I can do to help. Thanks to everybody for your submissions today. I love all the cats. The catio, Squintin Tarantino is adorable. I want more pictures of the, of what was the, the, the front ba- Beatrix Catto instead of Beatrix Kiddo. That's so great. <laughs> um, everybody, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for sending in your good news. If you have good news to send to us, you can do it at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. Again, thank you, Glenn Kirshner, for inviting me to your amazing, you know, gathering. Just incredible people. It was so heartwarming um, and to, to be included and, and, I, I can't thank you enough, my friend. I will thank you. I will thank you to your face on a show in the near future. I'll thank you to your face. Don't test me. <laughs> you watch it. You watch it. Do you have any final thoughts before we get out of here? No. Just have no. a wonderful weekend. No. What day is it? Have a wonderful week. Where am I? <laughs> what day is it? It's Monday. Yeah. No. Yeah. See, this is going. Okay. I'm going to show you right now. This week's going to be crazy. Then <laughs> shit coming out of my mouth. All right. Everyone have a good Monday and we're going to get through this together. Boom. Yep. We'll be watching the uh, Iowa caucus results and uh, talk about it tomorrow. Until then, please take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Take care of your family. Vote blue over Q. And take everyone with you. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. I'm Francis Callier. And I'm Angela V. Shelton. And we're Frangela. You know what you need in your life? Hmm. The Final Word Podcast. Yes, you do. That's right. It is the final word on all things political and pop cultural. Where we make real news real funny. Where we inspire you so you can hashtag resist. Subscribe and get a new episode of The Final Word Podcast each week. It's the news we think you need to hear. That's right. We think you need to hear it. Okay. Yeah, it's what we say so. That's right. And because all we do is give, every Thursday you can listen to our hysterical podcast, Idiot of the Week. We round up the stupid because you know what? Somebody has to. Okay. All we do is give.